I want to have a collection, but I also don't necessarily want to spend a ton of money out of my paycheck every time. So what can I do to like buy, sell, to kind of fund that next purchase or fund a larger purchase? You know, and that's a lot of what the hobby is. Hi, and welcome to Dad Anil. My name is Mike Trank, and as you can figure, I'm a dad. I feel that's how a lot of other podcasts start, and those dads will tell you what their day is like. They'll probably talk about what it's like being a dad today, too. But along with being a dad by day, I'm also a mental health counselor by night in my own private practice. As a clinician in private practice, and one of those dads sitting in pickup and drop-off lines for school, I wanted to share what I see in this ever-changing world. So together, let's create the best version of being a millennial dad. So tonight at Dad Anil, I want to welcome in a special guest. His name's Dustin, or you might know him as the Sports Card Dad on YouTube. And uh, that's where I found him. Uh, I thought it was great to see, especially in the past couple of years through COVID, that uh, I was kind of getting back into sports card collecting. It's something to do and something you could order online and come to your house. <laughs> and that's that's where I found, found you. And that's seeing your daily videos. I, I think it was... Uh, something to do is kind of something that seemed normal every day for a while and now it's something I still do every day that's just kind of is a good thing just to kind of do in the morning or something I enjoy and uh, you got into sports card collecting so I was kind of curious to have you on and hear about your journey and path of how you got to, to where you are and how you kind of got into sports card collecting because I know I think tell me if I read it wrong or not of you were in kind of more financial side of it too right some other stuff or you always were, were you always into sports cards yeah well so i'm not one of those i guess you know like 30 year collectors um i'm i'm 42 so i did what a lot of i think people my age you know did was i was collecting in the late 80s or early 90s kind of during that junk wax era where it was really really popular i would say like 87 to 94 was really kind of my my sweet spot and then I always joke that I think it's kind of my midlife crisis, you know, 2018. I got back in, so I guess 2018, I was 37, 38. So that, that's about right, you know, for a midlife crisis. Um, but yeah, just looking for an escape, you know, looking for something just outside of the regular daily, you know, the 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 drudge, you know, of, of life. I know that sounds kind of negative to say, I don't mean it that way, but you know, you're, the, you know, the channel is, you know, you mentioned dead annual and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of pressure on, on dads, you know, these days, whether it be to be a good dad, be a good husband, you know, be a, a great provider, all of these things. So, you know, I think hobbies are really important. Some, some people go fishing or bowling or golf or whatever. And, and for me, it was uh, one of the things that really started for me during the pandemic was cards. I got back into it before the pandemic, but the pandemic kind of supercharged everything because it, that that's when I started my YouTube channel in March of 2020. So it's kind of one of those things where I'd been doing it, you know, buying, selling collectibles 2018. And then 2020, I, I started to see more and more content around it. I discovered content on YouTube. I had only ever used YouTube to like figure out how to fix a toilet and stuff like that. I didn't realize there was actually like regular shows on it. And now you see, you know, what, five years later, it's it's exploded, you know, from, you know, not even five years, a few years later, 
there's actual huge productions on YouTube. There's there's companies that put a lot of money into producing content on YouTube. So, yeah, it's been um, it's been a fun journey uh, for sure. No, you think you touched on it exactly. Of the dad O'Neill piece is is just of being a dad now with that template from our our dads doesn't always apply in today's world and one of those things I, f- I feel like there's two things for me if one is sports cards the other is kind of cartoons adult cartoons even but those things i think you're always kind of taught in your mind of you'll you'll grow that that'll that'll just be a phase and then you you'll grow up and you know have your have your family and you won't want to do that anymore but i think we found out of we still like that i still like collecting cards we still like watching silly shows i know in your background you you have beavis and butthead you have an expanding uh background there in your youtube channel hopefully people check that out yeah yeah so did did the uh was it the pandemic that kind of started the youtube channel started going that route for you it was and then i don't know when it, i'm just trying to think of when it actually hit me to where i just didn't care if anybody i guess knew about my collectibles kind of the, the nerdy side you know it's um and i talk about it with all my friends outside of you know, YouTube and all that stuff too. So people are, are aware of what, of what I do. But I think it was at around the same time when I got back into um, into collectibles is, is kind of at the same time when I really just stopped caring about what people think. You know, it's kind of more of, and, and again, I think it's that, that midlife crisis thing where it's like, I could be gone tomorrow. So why am I worried about, you know, trying to get approval? Now, granted, I understand on YouTube, you're putting out content and there is kind of an element of approval from your audience and gaining traction there. But I don't, um, you know, I'm not living and dying by my comment section on YouTube. You know, I'm just kind of doing my thing. And if people like it, then that that's great. And if they don't like it, then that's okay too, you know, but I'm not losing sleep over, over that sort of stuff. So I think that, you know, but I think that's really important for, for men, especially dads, because you know, there's also an element of leading your house and being a leader. And, and if you're not your authentic self, in my opinion, which I feel like it took me a while to get there, always worried about parents' approval, worried about, you know, this or that. Um, I don't know if I was kind of the best leader, um, you know, of my house up until maybe like five, six years ago. I've, I kind of like snapped and then I figured it out. Yeah, I think you have a, sounds like there's a great sense of self-awareness that you kind of came to that point and you kind of understand that this is who I am and love it or leave it kind of says, you know, it's what I want to be and who I want to be. And that is pretty special. It's pretty cool that you were able to figure that out and not just, if you like figure that out, but I think kind of capitalize on it too. It sounds like if, cause I started following you probably around that time when you started, I don't know how I probably just me just kind of doom scrolling and finding different things to do in those beginning few weeks. And I knew I, yeah. Well, when I started, there wasn't a lot of there. There just wasn't a lot of content, so I was just kind of fortunate. I think the timing of getting in and that that was a that was a part of the growth was just timing. So I don't. I think a lot of it was luck. If I look at my my early videos, it's not like it was anything special. I just happened to be there when people were searching for it, you know, and that was really it. It's something about like right being in being in the right time, being in the right place. Right? Yes, yeah. there's definitely something to that, and. Uh, I, like you, started as a kid, right, in the 80s, 80s, 90s, you know, the Bo Jackson cards were big, you know, things like that, the Ken Griffey cards, like, I remember that, but yeah, and then I kind of, kind of waned, and I think for me, it hit me, too, of 
in 2020 of having a son. Um, I don't know how old your kids are, what you know, if you'd collect with them as well. But I think for him, we're trying to find different things to do. That I know that he started liking Pokemon. I know that he started like you know different things. We we even got like the uh, the Godwin boxes, the upper deck boxes. You know, because those have different years of different birds or different stamps and things like that that he could see. Yeah. So that kind of made me think of yeah. I remember doing it as a kid, and I just like that excitement and joy of opening up a pack and maybe getting a car, maybe something that you like, but him as being a, a younger kid, five or six, that he uh, he liked the different, you know, either Pokemon cards or seeing different animals, things like that in different packs. So that was good to see through a kid's eye again, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. I've got, I've got four and I only have one that is really into cards. I would say loosely too. It's more that he's into Pokemon and then there's, there happens to be cards. So I've got a 19 year old, 17 year old, 10 year old, and then he's eight. he's also autistic. So that's kind of a fun kind of twist on it because he's, he's got his own kind of quirks as to how he handles cards and what he's looking for. He's very specific. Um, you know, so him and I go to that rally card show, uh, that's local to us actually. And we'll, I give him $20 and he's able to typically get 20 or 30 Pokemon cards from that. And, um, that's, that's kind of how we, that's how we do it. Occasionally we'll do packs and stuff, but he's not into it enough to where, you know, if he was like big into it and knew all the sets and all the different things and maybe that, maybe if it evolves, but right now he just he likes the individual cards and he's looking for legendary pokemons or whatever you know so yeah yeah don't kill me but this is something that i i do as on my other side of my life there my my therapy side that working with with kids on the spectrum or kids that have sensory processing that uh and i just pulled up an example here because i brought some brought some cards in because i felt like bringing them in for this reason of like here's like a, a laundry patch many snell card I just had next to me that he uses like, you know, you can touch it or feel it if it was like a jersey. As long yeah. as it, don't use an expensive one, don't use a PSA 10 or something that special, but something that, you know. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah. That's you can use idea. different tac tactile stuff that, you know, the feeling the jerseys or feeling the jersey tag. Um, and that's something they can put in their pocket to kind of recommend to put, you know, they can bring to school and they kind of feel yeah. sensory. They can just kind of have that tactile. Yeah, I wish Pokemon versions of that. You know, if there's Pokemon versions of that, they would be very popular. Yeah, there we go. Hopefully someone's listening. That, uh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> cuts us in on that. That would be really nice. How expensive some Pokemon cards are. So Bob, I've been watching you for over three years of, and I've seen your business grow. And yeah, I, so are you now, I guess, yeah, curious to ask if, has this kind of been now like your hobbies turned into your full-time job? Is that where you are now? No, no, I still have a full-time job. I work in talent acquisition. I'm a corporate recruiter for various tech companies. Um, and I and I really enjoy that, you know, to be honest. I, I don't have, um, you know, I guess uh, a want necessarily to move out of, out of my career. Um, but, you know, it could be a thing where down the line, I mean, look, we're not digging ditches here, running, doing podcasts and YouTube channels. Like this is something you could be 80 years old and do a YouTube channel, you know? So I do, I like the fact that it has become more of a, you know, a larger side hustle and that maybe it evolves over time, you know, because it's something that I really, I really do enjoy doing, you know? So, um, I guess we'll just have to have to wait and see, you know, I guess you, you never know what opportunities come up. I mean, three years ago, I certainly didn't think I'd be where I am now. And who knows in three to five years, maybe it'll look different too. So 
No, that's that's why I wanted to that you were nice enough to come on the show. Yes, watching you grow over the three years and seeing the sponsors that you have, and you just came back from national too. What's that like going to the national show? That's gonna be amazing. Really fun. Have you ever been to one before? Just like a local, you know. Probably you like you haven't been to the national before. No. Yeah, no. yeah. I had not gone um, before the pandemic, or I guess that that first one. So 2021 was my first one. The last three years, so. I've gone, I went to Chicago, then Atlantic City, and then back in Chicago. It's a really interesting experience. This time around was different because there was a lot of set things that were in place, like a lot of things scheduled in to where I wasn't able to do a lot of spontaneous stuff, which kind of stunk, honestly. But at the same time, you know, it was really good to have those meetings and to kind of further those relationships, whether it be with companies or content creators or viewers you know i've also got a lot of friends that are that are viewers too that just watched and and i've you know made friends over time so you know a lot of it is networking uh whereas last year i had set targets in mind card wise to where i was really trying to you know make make buys and sells this year i had already i had made kind of a big card purchase you know, about two weeks before. So I didn't really have a big, you know, it's not like I had a budget really. Um, I did buy a couple of cards there, but it was something where, you know, my wife and I had kind of talked through it as, you know, as certain things, if they pop up, you know, then they they can be an opportunity, but we're not going to like reach on anything, you know, there, because like I said, I did just buy pretty, pretty big card for me. Um, So yeah, it, it was, it's become more of a networking event and more of a, just seeing people that, you know, I, and you've seen, I mean, there's a lot of content creators now that I'm friends with. Now I know you too. I wouldn't have known you if I didn't have a YouTube channel. And so these are people that you don't see, you know, outside of this show or maybe a couple shows a year, you know, so it has become more of hanging out with friends at the largest card show on the planet, you know, so it's pretty cool. Oh, the pictures and the videos I saw from you and others definitely looked like it was a, a good weekend. A good time was was had i would definitely have to try to to get to uh one of those one of these years i'd love to go yeah Uh, but also it's you know it's expensive to go and everything too so i can understand why people might just go to their regional show or their local shows because we have good local regional shows here too so you know i i think it's something though if you want to experience it once and just get a feel it also depends on how much you're into it too you know it's like if you're watching a lot of content, if you're you know on eBay quite a bit, you know if you're kind of do if if, it, if it's a pretty consistent thing, it makes sense. If it's something more where you're in and out of it, you know maybe you do it with your kids here and there, but it's not you know then is it, is it worth spending a couple thousand dollars to go out to Chicago before you even buy a card? You know you'd have to almost treat it. Um, but you had mentioned your son. Maybe it is kind of like a father son bonding thing. You know maybe and that's how it makes sense for you. You know and then you can meet other content people, other card people. Because there's not, there, there's not in the country, at least right now, there's not an event like that where there's uh, all these like-minded people in one spot. It's like going to, for me, I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. There's no Saints fans here in Raleigh outside of here and there. You know, there's not very many Saints fans anywhere. But then when you go to New Orleans in the Superdome and there's 80,000 of your people around and you're like, oh my gosh, there are other fans. It's kind of like, it's kind of like that. Kind of feeling that sense of belonging, right? Yeah. Ties yeah. into the dad dad piece too of finding, and that's a great thing of YouTube channels and social media that is a is a positive. I know there's a lot of negatives too that 
we hear and we, we know but sure. it's good to point out some of the positive too that i think for for dads and guys especially of finding the the support finding that network of people you know i'm sure we can each have our own thoughts and stories of our own dads of i'm sure probably didn't have many friends or didn't go out much kind of you know work home that was it and that's kind of some of those cycles i think that we're all breaking here that we're trying to find our own path and find our own way of uh you know finding that support i think that's that's a great it is a good feeling when you do find that i've i've experienced that too once or twice in, in my life and it's a it's a cool thing yeah it's unique where do you uh i feel like i've seen the the card market from the COVID times kind of come back down here and in, in especially the past year year and a half where do you where do you foresee it in the short or long term there you see it continuing to kind of stagnate or uh, go back up well it's kind of a tough one because it's such a general you know like that's a general question whereas you have like and i think that this is one of the really fun things about collectibles is there's all these little pockets of nuance within this like large general you know thing and so at any given moment you could have like overall you could have card prices are down but there's a specific genre of cards that gets very hot for whatever reason. You know, there's a new set that comes out. The show is coming out. The movie's coming out. The player gets hot. You know, the player's having a, like, a player that no one expected is having a great season. And I think that's kind of what makes cards fun from a, from a price standpoint. But it can also be very stressful. There's also, I think there's an element of sports betting and gambling. We, maybe we can touch on that later. But our, the card market has definitely gone that way uh, towards the sports gambling, sports betting side of things. It's pretty obvious. Whereas 30 years ago, when I was collecting cards, that didn't exist. I mean, yeah, you had people speculating on certain cards. Like, I think this might be worth more later, but there's no box breaks 30 years ago. You know, there was none of that stuff. You know, there wasn't, you know, so it's definitely, it's changed. Yeah, you know, it's there's not just that big boxes that we used to have that you know there's thousands of ken griffey jr cards there's thousands of these, these right. different cards out there and now this is so specialty of yeah it's definitely well, it's changed where it used to be you need to stack 89 upper deck ken griffey juniors because those are going to be worth money you know now it's all parallels and now there's all these different which parallel should we get we, we need lower numbered parallels it's a it's, it's a different world um I actually, I think it's better now than it was 30 years ago. Some might argue that. I know a lot of people get get worked up about the number of parallels, and I do think they've gone a little bit too far, especially Panini over the last couple of years. But the idea of parallels, I don't think is a bad idea. I just think it has to be kind of monitored. You can't over, you can't have like 50 shades of blue parallel, you know, aqua blue and turquoise blue and, you know, dark navy blue or whatever, you know. So yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I don't anticipate we have kind of a Mount Everest style launch, yeah, rocket launch like we did in 2020 and 2021 with all the stimulus money and people being at home and not spending money on vacations and you know like all that all that came with that. I don't I don't foresee that happening un unless there is some sort of event like that again. But now we're kind of the sad part though is now we're paying the price for all that. You know, it's like we had all the stimulus and all the new money gets you know lopped into the into uh you know the ecosystem and now inflation's you know is really high they've basically been well it's not now because they've they've been raising interest rates for the last 15 months you know to bring it down but now we're in an environment where it's expensive for businesses to borrow it's expensive for consumers to borrow you know it's like so we, we just 
you know, we, we just backed ourselves into a corner with, with all of the, you know, the stimulus. And so th that's too bad because, you know, it's, it's something that nobody asked for, like nobody asked for the pandemic and then the results. And then the, you know, the government, I don't think the government was, I think they tried to do what they thought was best. I'm not a big government guy. I'm not a huge fan of big government. I'm not a huge fan of big business or big government, both. But, you know, I, I don't think that I thought, I think they thought they were doing kind of a good thing, but now it's, it, it just shows that, you know, stimulus end up paying for it later. So in my podcast, I do a let it out now. And obviously you can go to deadoneal.com. There's a t-shirt I made and has a line on it with let it out now. Um, so mine this week kind of ties into cards and what we're talking about. I think the the expense, right? I think the old, <laughs> now it's not like the old time. Remember the days you could get a pack of cards for 50 cents or just right. steal a piece of gum and just have cards. And then that's, you know, I think there's two different markets. There's the markets for dads like us that are speculating and they're, you know, it's, for some it is kind of an investment, sometimes a big investment for some, for some people. and. Yeah, you know, it's, and that's fun to kind of get some of those expensive or rarer cards. But for the kids that are starting or you know get into it, that how we used to, how we remember it as a kid, I think that's almost kind of gotten out of reach for a lot of them to get these paninis or get these specialty cards or these parallels. And I think that's that's kind of sad and frustrating. If you know, I think even Pokemon cards keep going up and up. And, like it's the big thing was popular. Yeah. The one thing I wish that we had that we never had going back is if you're talking about the pack opening new product experience now, it's not as good as it was 30 years ago. Not even close. Like you said, you could get a pack of cards for 50 cents or 75 cents. However, the singles market is fantastic now compared to then. If you go back in time, I mean, you'd, you'd have to go to your card shop, your local card shop to buy and sell a single card. There was no other opportunity to do that. This is pre-internet, obviously. So now if you're a kid and you're like, man, I don't want to buy the $40 blaster box that's at Walmart, you can literally go on eBay and say, hey, mom and dad, that's the player that I'm actually wanting out of the packs. Can I just buy this card for $2? Instead of going, you know, it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be an expensive card. It could literally be like, that's the silver prism, whoever. It's five bucks as opposed to buying you know, a box and just have a bunch of, you know, junk, you know, or whatever. So that part, I think if you're a parent though, the problem is, is that if you're not in this market and you're a parent and your kid just says, Hey, I want to get into cards. Like you're probably going to think packs. You're not going to think like, Oh, I can go on eBay and I can find cards, you know? So that's kind of an education that I think as more and more parents learn about that singles market has changed dramatically, then they're going to be able to take advantage of that. And card shops, even you look at Burbank out in Los Angeles, they've got, you know, million, you know, 10, tens of millions of cards out there. They're not, they're not taking, it's different. Like 30 years ago, the card shop owner could just take you for a ride. They could sell you a 10 cent card for five bucks. They can't do that anymore. Everything's transparent. You can go online and, oh, this card is a $1 card. So do you just go to Burbank? You can buy all the $1 cards you want. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to overcharge you because it's all transparent now for the most part. Mm -hmm. interesting times yeah and just as you're saying that i'm kind of remembering and rem reminiscing in a way of going to the card shops right of that kind of difference of <laughs> the uh the 80s and the 90s of how to get a ride how to go to the card shop 
I don't see how much money you had in your in your piggy bank and I don't know about you, but I still have, I found a couple of those cards that, that kind of pushed me because I have, it was like $7 I paid for one of the Fleer Shaquille O'Neal rookie cards. Like that was one of those things you always remember. And yep. Kirby Puckett, I think that was one of my fan favorites too, in 1991 there, watching the Twins. Um, but yeah, yeah, you remember that. It's huge. A lot of those, there were so many guys like Mark Grace and Kirby mm -hmm. Puckett and uh, of course, McGuire and Bonds and, and those guys, but it was just a really, a really fun time. Who do you collect now? Are there certain players, or, or do you just kind of do it with with your son, or do you, or do you have kind of certain players or stuff that you chase after? Yeah, I do it for some fun, and I think it depends on the on the season. Why I'm wearing my New York Giants hat? I know you're a Saints yeah. fan, and I get something to something to show you here in a second. So I thought you know it's football season and kind of start changing up my, my background here. I have some pictures and I put some of my, my cards up there. Um, I've been doing this and I heard you kind of gotten into it too, of Tom Brady's, just finding different Tom Brady's, not necessarily the rookie cards, not necessarily like the nicest cards, but just something that I feel like a lot of these uh, small cards, yeah, I've gotten some of these, like here's like that one from like a playoff one for like five bucks, the Buccaneers one. Cool, yeah. Um, and here's one that was, I'll show you here. I got this over COVID. It was actually after, probably after listening to one of your YouTube uh, videos there. I know you're a big Drew Brees fan. That's one of your, your favorites of all time. And oh yeah, this one I got on eBay. This was this is a 2002 Drew Brees and Tom Brady patch of cards. Oh, that's but sweet. I was gonna say if I'd be willing to, you know, as, as museums do, I feel like your place where you shoot your videos is kind of like a, a museum. I'd be willing to. Uh, Donate you with a card there. You can stick it on, stick it in the wall yeah, there, put it in the background. Awesome. I'd be, yeah, be happy oh. to send that to you because I know you're collecting Tom Brady. And I feel like things like with patches, right? Autos are hard to, hard to buy, and yeah, I'm trying to trying to find some things that are just yeah, some little things like a Super Bowl one or some some small patch or things like that. But yeah, this is that's one I just randomly got three years ago that I feel like the patch cards I've been into more and more. How about you? That's really cool. I've been trying to gosh. So I, I kind of went on this thing of, you know what, I'm going to, instead of buying kind of smaller stuff and have the volume of the smaller stuff, I'm going to just save up and I'm going to buy some some just larger things, which I, I do want to do that. I kind of want to have some more foundational type pieces for my collection and not even necessarily sports cards, but I'm also into like vintage comic books, Silver Age type stuff, uh, Golden Age, you know, so. I've been looking like an example would be Tales of Suspense number 39. It's the first appearance of Iron Man. You know, it's um, early 60s Marvel, um, you know, obviously a key comic and then kind of a lower grade. Um, it's not a, it's not cheap. It's certainly not. But it's kind of like when, when you mentioned Tom Brady, you know, if you're buying with the anticipation of I would like for this thing to be worth more ideally down the road or have the potential to be then those are the kind of legendary iconic it's like you got to go with kind of those those players you know i feel like it's like why everyone buys mickey mantle you know but i i must i kind of feel like we're a little we're a little late on mickey mantle like I, you know his prices yeah. have only been going up i mean five years yeah. ago you're probably fine but now it's just kind of like yeah you know, it's and so so then you're looking at you know i look at tom brady as kind of the Michael Jordan at the end of the nineties, when, as he's wrapping up his career and people kind of forget about him. Now you've got Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow are making their way. And that's the focus are these new guys. But I think in five, 10, 20 years, 
will look back and it'll still be Tom Brady at the top of the mountain. I no, I was watching this random thought, but last night my wife and I were watching Quarterback. I think it's on Netflix and it's following Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes and um, Mariota, Marcus Mariota from last year. And the one thing I noticed about Mahomes, and sorry if, if there's Mahomes people watching, but he does some incredible off-season kind of, you know, physical therapy and all these sorts of things. But I'm just thinking like, just watching kind of how he plays and then hearing doctors and therapists talk about it. I'm just thinking like, how is this guy gonna do what he does at 35? Because you know, right now he's like 27, 28. And look, maybe it's just there, you know, he goes in a cryo chamber after every game and, you know, like, who knows? Like, maybe there's just that sort of recovery now. But the stuff he does, the way he twists his body, the way everything rotates, I mean, his spine, he's got, they were saying he's got a really strong spine. And I'm just thinking like, well, that's good. But I mean, all it takes, it's football, though. It's football. It's like one wrong hit, bad hit or whatever. So, but, but the reason why I bring that up is because with Tom Brady, I won't, I won't go on this tangent too much longer, you know, Tom Brady's a pure pocket passer. Like he was never like part of the longevity with him and breeze is they weren't trying to be heroes. They weren't trying to be heroes and scramble 30 yards for a touchdown. They were just pocket passers and pocket pass passers can serve. They can, they have more longevity that the potential for it, as long as they can evade, you know, kind of get the ball out quick enough. Like Kirk Cousins is getting annihilated out there because he's holding the ball too long and stuff. But right. I mean, you know, yeah, Brady and Brady are just getting the ball out. They're getting yep. the ball out. They read the defense to get the ball out. And so, yeah, they took hits, of course. But I just don't know if Mahomes is going to be 40 years old slinging it the way that he, you know, playing the way he plays. I just don't know. So I was so. fortunate enough before I moved here. Was I lived in the Boston area. That's where I moved to for 14 years. So I got to see that second half of – the Patriots dynasty there from 2010 and mm. uh, just, you know, listen to sports radio all the time and go into some games and seeing him. If you could tell if going to enough football games of, wow, that is, a, that is a special, special quarterback. And I remember when he, when he kind of changed, I think maybe with Mahomes, maybe he'll kind of flip it up. Cause after that 08 season, when Brady was out for the year, then he kind of went with that different, uh, the, the, the guru guy, the Guerrero guy that, you know, yeah, and he kind of lost weight, became a little more limber, where he could kind of take some more hits and kind of reinvented himself, right to throw it out in two seconds or less, and had that second, you know, second win there, so to speak, from what 2014, three championships there, and at the yeah. end there, so he definitely, uh, maybe Mahomes will, will have to kind of adapt to and and change, but yeah, so I got a, it's very fortunate to be able to see uh see Brady live for sure. It was it was pretty pretty neat to get to get some of those games and playoff games and yeah definitely uh definitely be weird for this year will be his first time without him and since 2000 so that'll be yeah first time without brady brady and manning with since 1998 that's just crazy to think about yeah and it is it's time for that that next crop and i know that you know mahomes has already done so much in such a short period of time um so it'll be kind of curious to see like what what can he continue to do and you know, honestly, I thought I thought when they lost Tyreek Hill last season that there's no way he's winning. There's no way without Tyreek Hill, the Chiefs are going to go and win the Super Bowl. And, and they were able to do it. It shows you how important Kelsey is to the offense. Really, Travis Kelsey is the he, he's steering the ship with like those two could, together. You know, I mean, how many times did Kelsey kind of catch the, you know, that that third down pass or the, you know, whatever, that big play? It was 
but kind of similar to Brady and Gronk. Brady Gronk, yeah. You know, sure. so um, yeah. as long as Kelsey can stay healthy in those, you know, then the, they might have a shot. But again, you got all these guys, you know, it's the NFL is so tough. So yeah. tough. So. so besides Brady, I feel like there's two two ends of the uh, kind of card market. And one is, you know, the, the storied players that you know are going to hold their value, hopefully like a Brady and Mahomes for now. And Breeze, obviously. And I think the other side is those speculation, the new players, right? You're, you're up and comers and things like that. Is that, do you feel like that could be a place where people that want to start could start? I mean, you were talking earlier about going on eBay and finding dollar cards and kind of starting off there for younger people or even dads that just want to, you know, spend a few dollars here and there. Do you have any, any tips? Yeah, well, one one site, and it, it is a sponsor, so throw it out there, but one of the sponsors is comc.com, C-O-M-C.com. It's the easiest way to do exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of like, you know, you are you can flip cards on the site and you never, you never touch them. So if you're someone that just kind of like, it could be an extension of like um, daily fantasy. You know, if like I'm spending $5 a week on daily fantasy, I pick my lineup. Well, you could kind of do the same thing in the off season and just buy kind of cards of certain players that you think are going to make waves that next season. That's what a lot of people do. They just buy quarterbacks in the off season or early, maybe at the end of this season, you know, at the end of this season, maybe, maybe there's a quarterback that looked good, but the team just wasn't good, you know, and then you're, you're like in the cards. And then, then the other part is what are the card prices? Cause like right now, like Justin Fields cards are very expensive, which you would think like, why is that? I mean, he hasn't really done anything. There's just a lot of speculation money behind behind him, you know, that he's going to be kind of that next guy, young player. He's going to have a breakout season, and maybe he will. Maybe he's going to be Jalen Hurts this year. You know, that's but that's what all the money is banking on because there's a lot of money on field. So, you know, I did pick up, and I'm a Saints homer, so I picked up like a couple of Derek Carr, Gold Prisms, Nothing like crazy expensive, but a decent amount, like not, you know, but I also picked up $1 cards for Derek Carr too. Cause I'm, to me, it's kind of like, it's my team. You know, it'll be kind of fun if he does break out and you know, he's, he kind of rejuvenates his career. And then I've got a bunch of cards for him and I can, I can sell off some and hopefully that pays for the other stuff that I want to keep. I think that's the whole thing too, with the sports card hobby is, is there's a lot of I want to have a collection, but I also don't necessarily want to spend a ton of money out of my paycheck every time. So what can I do to like buy, sell, to kind of fund that next purchase or fund a larger purchase, you know? And that's a lot of what the hobby is. It's a, it's a lot of what it is. It's funding PC stuff or it's, you know, taking your family on a trip or whatever it is, you know? Right. Do you find, uh, I'm going to go off, just kind of pop the mind of my collection of so I have some cases and then figuring where to where to put them in the uh, rec room area. And you're starting to get that pushback of how many cards do you have? Like I don't really know sometimes. <laughs> so that's always funny the, the the pushback. Not does it pushback, but just kind of that feedback of, yeah, we're doing it as fun, but you know, and you're proud of them too. I think that's that thing. It's almost like you kind of get back in your childhood mindset at times of like, yeah. I love this card. I wanna I wanna hang this up, put this on put this on on this wall here. All right, you you now get this space. You can't have the whole wall. It's not like it's not like your room anymore. Like you're 16 anymore. I think that could be a, a funny side to it. For me, it's just an extension. I've got kind of a, a little like man cave office area, you know. And it's all, you know, there's nothing downstairs. You know, it's not like we've got cards on on the mantle or anything like that. You know, 
Um, so it is confined to one part of the house, you know, so it's not, uh, it's not in the way ever, which is good. I think I can close the door and nobody sees it. It's not in the hall when people come in. If here's our collection of, of right. uh, Brady and Breeze cards. And as they walk in, that's uh, by the front door. Yeah. What do you think of people that, that use that as like investments or that kind of, you know, I want to say that they use it as their 401k, but I think you were saying too, if, you know, you're going to touch on like the, the sports cards and sports betting industry too. If, where, where do you see all this kind of going? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people, I think most people in cards when they're buying for investment are speculating. They're not really investing. When I think of investing, I think of you're buying very specific items that, um, you know, and maybe it's Tom Brady, maybe it's Michael Jordan, maybe it's, you know, Willie Mays, or maybe it's, you know, Amazing Fantasy 15, first appearance of Spider-Man or something. You know, stuff that is, to me, and this is just my opinion, but it's going to cost a little bit more for it to be investment worthy to me, um, unless you get lucky and you're at a flea market and you run into Amazing Spider-Man 1 or something. Then maybe you buy it for a dollar and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, then you didn't spend very much, but you got an amazing item. But I think a lot of the $1 type cards, it's more of, you know, maybe over time it's a $2 card or a $3 card, but it's probably more fun to just do short-term buys and sells with, with the lower end. And that's why I think lower end stuff is really popular. You always hear at the card shows, people are in the dollar boxes. Why are they in the dollar box? Because they want to find a, a $3 card in the dollar box or a $5 card in the dollar box, or just a card that they think will be $5 in a few months or something like that. And cards have the ability to do that. So again, it kind of goes back to, are there players coming up to you that, that you like? Do you feel like something is a little bit you know underpriced? That, that to me, the singles market, kind of playing that game where we're buying singles, that's, that's one, that, that part makes sense to me. The the breaks, the um, breaking to me is just your, to me, that's more we're, we're gambling. That's gambling, yeah. We're just gambling, and but we're having fun, and, and it's just gambling has transitioned into cards. You know, it's where hopefully you get something out of it, you know, but in most cases, you're not going to, you're not going to make your money back. But in, in the same vein that if you buy a box of cards for $200 and you open it, you're probably not going to get $200 worth of cards out of it. So, you know, it's kind of all the, you know, that's the the difficulty of opening new product nowadays with how much it costs. And that and it doesn't even matter if it's a $40 box from Walmart, which it would be considered a retail, an inexpensive retail box. You're probably going to get, most of the time, maybe get a few dollars back on the 40, maybe get $5 out of the 40 bucks, you know, back. You know, that's that's just the way that, that it is, you know, so... No, I think I think you're right. That's I, true. I think I think the daily fantasy. I think you're talking about like the daily fantasy, and especially with football season coming up here. I think for me, if when you when you're doing your lineups, of you literally learn about new players, you gotta get invested in new players, and that yeah. If you're into cards and you start looking up, you're like, huh, this guy had a good week. He's had two good weeks. Huh? Maybe I should buy one of those cards. It's five dollars now. Maybe it'll go up a little bit. Yeah, there's always that sure. thrift hunting kind of getting a deal mentality that's just human nature it's all, about, it's all about budget too i think just but that's with anything though you know that could be whether it's 
you know, golf or vacations or, you know, staying within your means. You know, that's really the big thing. You know, people are like, how does that person buy a flawless box for $3,000? Well, maybe they make, you know, maybe they make, you know, a million dollars a year and $3,000 for a box is not, that's nothing for them. But for me, that would be huge. Like that would be a, that'd be a huge purchase, you know? So you, you have, I do think on that, on the box breaking kind of, there, there's high rollers in that world, just like at a casino where I think there's high rollers at the casino and then there's pretenders that are there that took out a loan and brought all their money in and they're going to beat the, they're going to beat the house of tonight. Probably not, but you know, but that's the problem is you do, it's not a problem, but it's something that we have, we have to understand is there's whales in, in our, in this market too, with cards to where don't try to do it. You know, don't try to follow the whale. They've got, they've got the money, you, you know, we right. don't necessarily. So. Right. No, I think, I think you made some good points. I think is, this industry kind of grows, right? I think it's more online like yourself and YouTube. And I think these shows locally and nationally just get bigger and bigger. And as there's more people involved and invested and yeah, I think, I think it's uh, obviously not just here to stay, but I think we'll continue growing. Hopefully that, you know, these options will not get too expensive that people can always jump in whenever they, they want to and whatever budget that they have. Um, but yeah, I wanted to thank you very much for, for your time, Dustin, and, and any plugs or anything that you wanted to, your website that you would like to say, I'm uh, say that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks very much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Um, it's cool that you're local. We'll have to hook up at some point in the future, but yeah, I'm the sports card dad on YouTube and on IG, I'm at sports card dad. If you want to reach out. I would definitely highly recommend it. The videos are usually seven to 10 minutes and it's always just something fun to watch. I, I use as kind of my morning routine as, as I get going. Try to um, keep it lighthearted. Thank you very much, Justin. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank everyone for subscribing to Dead Daniel and on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, Spotify, and on many others. I want you to be able to go to deadanneal.com, D-A-D-E-N-N-I-A-L.com, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'll be trying to put up at least one weekly blog kind of idea for a lion or something that's going on this week or a post that you people put out there on Facebook. Nice post, please. On LinkedIn, things like that to, to let me know how this is helping or things that are on your mind or questions or thoughts that I can bring up on the show. I'd love to hear them. I'd love to know what your feedback is. I hope to be continuing more and more of these. I know Dad O'Neill can be in your neighborhood too. So let's all work together. Let's show our support. Let's show how much we are all lions and all ones as Dad O'Neill's today. Thank you.